we're going to have an interesting conversation here, and it's been bouncing around in the news for, well, a few months now. Um, and it focuses on the underwater search team in our province. And basically, these are the people that get the call in... Well, unfortunately, in drowning situations for body recoveries, um, they also get called out by police occasionally to help with recovering evidence, all kinds of things. It's a really, um, it's a fascinating field of, well, it's not work, and that's part of the point, but when it comes to the cost and who pays for it, that's why it's been in the news uh, for, like I say more than a few weeks now. Uh, so let's find out exactly what the situation is. We're going to chat with Luke Jevney, who is the president of the Central Alberta Rescue Diving Society. Luke, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. You're very welcome, Shay. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Okay, uh, I'm fascinated by this. I find it really, really interesting. So let's just start with the kind of work that you do. What is the typical call? Is there a typical call for your team? Uh, typically, it is most drowning victims, uh, but we do also, uh, as well, evidence recovery and vehicle recoveries as well. Okay, so is it primarily police that you're dealing with then? Yeah, and unfortunately, we need to be um, called out by a law enforcement group um, when it is a drowning victim. Um, we will do corporate um, jobs as well, too, and that helps pay some of the bills for us. What what's it like? I mean, just tell us about when you get the call. What goes into getting to the site, and then what goes into the actual recovery work? It's a lot of work, Shay. It's um when we get a call, it's uh, we have to put it out to our, our all our members, and um, they have to talk to their bosses, get time off work since we're all volunteers, and then we have to travel across the province to wherever wherever the call out is, unfortunately. And last year, we put on over 34,000 kilometers driving across the province. So it's not just a one-day recovery for us. It does take multiple days by the time it starts to finish. And like how many, I mean, how many calls in a typical year? Like how many calls did you have this year? Well, so this year, it was a slower year, and, and we're grateful for that. We had nine calls uh, this year since July 24th. Okay. Uh, l- last year, we did have 19 calls. It oh, was wow. a very busy year for us last year. What's it like diving in Alberta? I mean, uh, we, we don't have great lakes in much of this province. They're pretty murky. They're pretty yucky on the bottom. What's it like? <clears throat> it, it, it's definitely not the Caribbean. We're not down <laughs> there looking for fish. It's a... Uh, <laughs> Every body of water in Alberta is very different. Um, we face uh, blackout conditions. Uh, everything we do is done by feel. We don't know what's actually at the bottom of the lakes. We run sonar equipment um, first before we will dive to get a picture of the landscape down below. And that just informs us as divers as to what's down there. And that helps mitigate the the risk because entanglements are our number one fear. We don't know if there's bar bars down there or logs or jams or whatever. So we have to take all those precautions. Tell me about the team. Like, How many people, and like you say, they're all volunteers, right? Yep, all volunteers. They all have full-time jobs. Um, they come from all walks of life, from farmers to um, my, myself. I'm a carpenter. We have a couple law enforcement, uh, mechanics, all, all, all different types of people. And right now we have about 20 people on the books, and we need minimum four people to go to a call-out. Okay. So it, it, it does get challenging, um, especially being province-wide. We have members in Edson and Cold Lake and Airdrie and Calgary. I myself, I'm out of Millet. So we try to get the people that are closest to the call to come. Gotcha. That makes sense. And, and there's a ton of equipment, right? And like you say, in some cases, some, some pretty high-tech equipment that you guys need for all of these uh, efforts. 
there, there's a ton of equipment, and it's all very, very expensive, unfortunately. Okay, now that brings us to the next point here. Uh, you, you're, you're doing this work for police forces largely, right? They're asking you to recover evidence, recover bodies, vehicles, whatever. They don't pay you? Um, so it's a cost recovery basis as of right now. Uh, so we do get reimbursed for our travel expenses, our hotels, meals, gas, all that stuff. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, we don't get compensated for lost wages, um, all that extra stuff. It's all volunteer. And again, like I said, just a, a one-day recovery ends up being three, four, five days, depending. And if it's a five-day recovery, it can be eight, nine, ten days of lost wages and all that stuff. And RCMP, from my understanding, have dive teams pretty much everywhere else in the country. I think Alberta is one of two provinces that doesn't have a designated RCMP dive team, and it's, they say well, it's because contracting works better for us here. Well, it's, no kidding. It sounds like it's it's a lot cheaper. I mean, how are, are we very, very different from the rest of the country in this regard? Well, I, I've never understood it, actually. Um, and it, this is not an RCMP issue. I, I want sure, to make yeah. that clear. Um, this, this is a provincial government issue that I, I, is what I feel. The RCMP, we have a great working relationship with them, and I, I appreciate them using us. Um, but it, it's, I don't understand why there isn't a provincial dive team in Alberta. Now, what would that look like? Would that be a full-time, you're paid, you're on the team, on-call kind of a situation? Well, that, you know, it is, it's those conversations that we have to have within the team. But myself, I would like to have, um, after, after this year, we kind of ran into a snag. So we got called out to White Court um, a few months ago. And this is when the media started noticing us. But unfortunately, we couldn't get there for a, a couple of days because we were in Kananaskis on another recovery. And then we had to talk to our bosses and employers to get time off to go to White Court. And on the way to White Court, we actually got deployed to Peace River immediately after. And so it, it, it is tough. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's it's a lot to ask. And like you say, there's going to be busy times and there's going to be slower times. But overall, yep. like, what's the cost to, to your organization? Do you, I mean, in terms of the money that you cost, aside from the reimbursement for costs that you get from the from the provincial uh, from the police forces, what does it cost you uh, as an organization to operate? Well, it, it costs us a lot of money, and, and the numbers aren't. I don't even have the numbers. It, it's you know, if if you want to factor in the lost wages and all this, it'd sure. be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. What? How do you? How do you? How do you? How do you cover that? I mean, what, what, you guys aren't paying out of pocket. What is it? Are you getting donations? Is it driven that way? Um, unfortunately, most of it is paid out of pocket as of right now. We do get donations. Like we are an incorporated nonprofit charity, so we we do get donations. We've had about twelve thousand dollars worth of donations so far, and we're very thankful for that. But it, it, the donations and the fundraising takes a, even more time from us, and we're already stretched so thin between our work and or not being able to go to work in the callouts. Yeah. To add the fundraising into it is just a whole other ballgame, and it's hard for us to be able to commit to that. Yeah, I hear you. Absolutely. So so what are you asking for? What would you like to see? What's the next step that you want to take as an organization here? Well, to me, the, the next step, I'd love to see, have conversations with the government. I have talked to a few members from the government, and they don't know which jurisdiction we'd fall under. But I would, I'd love to hear from them and say, how can we work this together? And how can we work together to make this work? I hope that they understand that Albertans do need, the, do see the need. And actually, it's now become a demand. But I, I would love to have conversations and get this funded. And uh, 
stable operational funding. Yeah, uh, it's, I got to ask you, Luke. I mean, the situation, like you say, I mean, it's time away from work. It's lost wages. It's a, it sounds like a real pain. Why do you do it? Is there a chance that you might stop doing it? Um, you know what? It, it, I, I really don't ever want to stop doing it. We, we do the recovery of drowning victims. It, it's our passion, and it's based in compassion for the families who are going through their worst nightmare. And I cannot imagine never having a loved one returned to me. So uh, we, do, we do this out of love. But does it get to a point where it's like, I, I just can't do it? I'd like to do it, but I can't? It just doesn't make sense anymore? It's getting to that point now. It's Financially... I'm, I'm almost at that point where I can't do it anymore. I've worked, I work probably five months of the year to be able to do this. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm getting a text from some of our listeners saying, hey, hey, who do we contact? Who, who, who should we get a hold of to give these guys a little bit of support? And I guess it'd be your MLA, right? Yeah, the MLAs or ministers. Um, maybe reach out to the Minister of Justice or, or the medical examiner. I, I don't, again, it's, I don't know who it falls under. And uh, the, the officials I have talked to still don't know. I've heard rumors of municipal affairs. I know the municipal affairs, um, what was his name? Scott Johnson mentioned in another news article that there is grants for us. But again, a grant is, is, is a small amount for us, and it's not stable or sustainable. Right, yeah. We'd right. like to have that line item on the provincial government every year. Yeah, like a, a set-up uh, framework that you can rely on and sort of bank on going forward and know what your situation is going to be. 100%. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, Luke, well, thank you for doing the work. Uh, it's the kind of work I don't think a lot of people would be able to do, and uh, we'll see where this goes. We'll follow up and uh, see if there's any updates down the road. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.